0: The radio,
1: oh, but you're missing.
2: to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerkey. Henry Lodge gets his very own birthday tribute for the first time on tonight's show, and we'll also have some rapidly rotating records about frogs, nightingales, and coconuts. And in the last segment of the show, we'll play One Thing in Common. common. Last week, I mentioned that J.F. Wagner, composer of Under the Double Eagle, also wrote The Woodlark, Cuckoo, and Frog, which was recorded by the Royal Scotch Highlanders Band. They also recorded another Wagner tune, The Nightingale and the Frog. I don't have that record, but I do have some other rapidly rotating records about nightingales and frogs, beginning with Clifford Hayes' Louisville Stompers, who are going to do the Frog Hop. ¶¶ you have some rapidly rotating records about Runa Temporaria, or the Common Frog. We just heard Lovey Austin's Serenaders with her composition, Frog Tongue Stomp, recorded by Paramount in Chicago in April of 1926. You heard Lovey Austin on piano and Johnny Dodds on clarinet. Before Lovey Austin, it was Tiny Parham's Four Aces with Frogtown Blues, a Parham original not to be confused with the Frogtown Blues written by L.C. Prigett, who sang it, accompanied by Clarence T. Walker, on piano, on a 1927 Victor record. Parham's version was made much later, as evidenced by the electric organ, on June 4, 1940. The other three of Parham's four aces were Darnell Howard on tenor sax and clarinet, John Henley on guitar, and, keeping rhythm on drums, Bob Slaughter. I don't know what Frogtown refers to in Prigate or Parham's tunes, but there's an artist community neighborhood of Los Angeles known as Frogtown, officially Elysian Valley. It's called Frogtown because red-legged frogs used to bury their eggs in the dirt along the Los Angeles River. But then in the 1940s, Los Angeles County, in their infinite wisdom, decided to have the Army Corps of Engineers line the river with concrete. But there is a movement to return it to its natural state. Frogtown Blues was preceded by pianist Henry Starr and a spirited performance of Jelly Roll Morton's Froggy Moore as Mr. Froggy from around May or June of 1928. If that recording sounds a little fuzzy, it's because it's from a rare Flexo record. Flexo Records, as you might guess, were flexible records made by Jesse J. Warner, recording engineer for his Pacific Coast Record Company, located in San Francisco, which described the discs as unbreakable and everlasting. We started off the show doing the Frog Hop with Clifford Hayes, Louisville Stompers. That Victor 78 was made in Chicago on February 5, 1929. Clifford Hayes played violin, and you heard Earl Hines on piano. The tenor guitar solo was by Cal Smith. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to the hopefully unbreakable and everlasting Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last segment was all about frogs. This segment is all about nightingales. Here's Marianne Harris.
3: There's a sweet singing lady down in Tennessee, I mean Nashville, Tennessee. Everyone down in Dixie loves the harmony, I mean praise the harmony. All the dark-town preachers and the Bible teachers say they're losing all their grade. For the good church people all desert the steeple when she starts to serenade. Now you won't find a body that is feeling blue down in Nashville, Tennessee. But when they all get that way, they run to her and say, do 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 Nashville Nightingale Up and down the scale for me Whale for me Nightingale Don't fail Fill my heart with bliss Kill oh,
4: the scale you win the heart of everyone I've heard what a bird you lucky nightingale
2: you have a trio of nightingales. Vocalist Kerwin Somerville had his own segment back in July of last year, but we didn't play that record with Tommy Tucker's Californians, Good evening, Mr. Nightingale. That's from Crown 3497, recorded in New York around May of 1933. Good evening, Mr. Nightingale was written by Lou Pollock and Todd Seymour. Before that was the Columbia Dance Orchestra with the waltz tune Nightingale, written by James Brockman, who also brought us My Fluffity Ruff" and I Faw Down and Go Boom. Columbia 161-D was recorded June 16, 1924. We started that set about Musinia Megarinkos with Marion Harris and George Gershwin's Nashville Nightingale, recorded by Brunswick in December of 1923. Some time ago we did a segment about Theodore Moses Tobani and played his composition Hearts and Flowers. Another of Tobani's tunes is Coconut Dance, and it's actually on the flip side of the Woodlark, Cuckoo and Frog by the Royal Scotch Highlanders Band, which I mentioned earlier. Seems strange, but I've never had a segment devoted to coconuts until now. Here's Billy Murray
4: A tree grew lonesome day by day He longed for a maid to share his fate. Mid the groves where he held full sway So he spied a little chimpanzee Who made her a home in a nearby tree And that same night when the moon shone bright He sang with all his might. Though I am king of the coconut grove, I'm lonely Sweet little chimpanzee, I love you only Though you are only sweet sixteen, I want you to be my baboon queen If you'll agree, you can rule with me up in the coconut tree the coquette, will burst in worldly ways, she thought she would hold the king so bold at her feet for days and days but the wise baboon got busy soon for on that night by the light of the moon he swung along and carried her off as he's sang in accents, all. So I am king of the coconut grove, I'm lonely. Sweet little chimpanzee, I love you only. Though you are only sweet sixteen, I want you to be my baboon queen. If you'll agree, you can rule with me. High up in the coconut tree.
0: Coco, sale a coco, tiene coco, budín, pum, pum. Compárame uno, compárame dos, compárame el con oh. coco, un parame uno, un párame dos, un parame lo otro, tiene coco, tiene coco, sale a coco, tiene coco con coco tiene coco, sale a coco, tiene
1: coco, budín, pum, pum. Mm. Y el budin con coco tiene coco, sale a coco, tiene coco, budín, pum, pum, pum. Y el budin con coco, tiene
0: coco. Coco, el coco el mi bodicito tan sabrosito, mi negra no llevo yo. Tiene coco, sale a coco, tiene coco el pudín con coco. Tiene coco, sale a coco, tiene coco el pudín con coco. Tiene coco, sale a coco, y el coco el pudín con coco. Tiene coco, sale coco, y el coco el pudín con coco. Tiene coco, sale a coco.
2: You've probably heard the song The Peanut Vendor, recorded by Xavier Cugat and many others. But there you heard all about the Coconut Pudding Vendor, recorded by Xavier Cugat and his Waldorf Astoria Orchestra on April 1st, 1935. And just FYI, I love coconut in all its forms. The vocalists were Fausto Delgado and Pedro Berrios, who co-wrote The Coconut Pudding Vendor with Cougat. Before that, Abe Lyman and his California Orchestra were doing The Coconut Trot on July 11, 1924. Coconut Trot was written by Gus Arnheim, Vincent Lopez, and Abe Lyman. We started the set with Billy Murray, who was up in a coconut tree on September 10, 1903. That was from Victor 2453, a 10-inch flat disc, but Murray also recorded Up in a Coconut Tree for Edison on an Edison gold-molded cylinder in December of 1903. Up in a Coconut Tree was composed by Theodore F. Morse with the words by Edward Madden. Edward Madden also wrote Stupid Mr. Cupid, I'd Rather Be a Lobster Than a Wise Guy, and the better known By the Light of the Silvery Moon. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're available on all the major podcast directories. Yesterday, February 9th, marked the birth in 1884 of Thomas Henry Lodge, and I'm happy to be giving him his first and well-deserved birthday tribute. He was born in Lymansville, Rhode Island, and as a teenager played the piano well enough to get a job demonstrating and selling them. His first pieces of music were published in 1904, and a couple of years later he was married to Sarah Mackey, and they had a daughter, Mary Frances. In 1909, his Temptation Rag was published and became a hit, described as positively one of the most tempting numbers that has yet been given the public. In 1910, Henry Lodge was working as a musical director for a vaudeville company, and in 1912, the family moved to New York City, where he got a job as a pianist in the dance studio of Irene and Vernon Castle, while continuing to work on writing rags and dance music as a freelancer. In 1917, Lodge landed a contract with music publisher M. Whitmark & Sons. Over the next decade, he lived and worked in Atlantic City, Manhattan, Palm Beach, Florida, and Boston, and around 1928, he moved to Hollywood to work in the movies. In late 1930, the family moved back to the East Coast, and Henry died suddenly in Palm Beach on February 16, 1933, at just 49 years of age. With thanks to Professor Bill Edwards at regpiano.com for that biographical information, here are three from the pen of Henry Lodge. ¶¶
1: Thank you.
2: The Rhythm Rascals, a pseudonym for a studio band led by Harry Bidgood, but in this case a pseudonym for British bandleader Jay Wilbur, and a rather swingin' version of Temptation Rag, recorded in London on June 19, 1935. Before that, written just a year after Temptation Rag was Red Pepper, a spicy rag, another popular seller. That recording was by Prince's Band from Columbia A-1031, recorded on June 7, 1911. I played Indian Butterfly by Ernie Golden and his Hotel McAlpin Orchestra back in June of 2016, but this is a little brighter transfer. The whistling was courtesy of virtuoso whistler Margaret McKee, and this Brunswick 78 was made February 26, 1927. Margaret McKee made dozens of records in the 1920s accompanying singers and also solos of various bird interpolations. She lived from 1898 to 1960 and studied at the Agnes Woodward California School of Professional Whistling. Now, lest you scoff, other students have included John Wayne, Bing Crosby, and Pat Boone, And as late as 1991, the school was still in operation, known as the California School of Artistic Whistling, owned and operated by Marge Carlson, who, in 2003, made a whistling DVD titled Joyous Wings. It's time now to play One Thing Thing in Common. Common. You know, that's where we play a set of records which seemingly have nothing whatsoever to do with each other, but in fact have... One Thing thing in in Common. Ready to play? Here's Richard Himber.
3: what I would do I'd tie a string around the world and bring all of it to you those little things you pray for whatever they may be I'd have enough to pay for them all C-O-D if I spent a million dollars I know I would never care because as long as you were mine I'd still be a millionaire That's why I'm always dreaming, dreaming of what I do If I have a million dollars and you
4: mind in pretending couldn't you couldn't i couldn't we make believe our lips are blending in a phantom kiss or two all three might as well make believe i love you or to tell the truth
0: Your heart is aching, as you recall, when love was gone. on that moon, in all its splendor, oh, Marie, that kiss so tender, say, baby, come on, surrender, give it to me. Well, all
1: right, get it
2: fixed. We started this One Thing in Common segment with Richard Himber and his Ritz Carlton Hotel Orchestra and If I Had a Million Dollars, composed by Matty Melneck with the Johnny Mercer lyrics sung there by Joey Nash. That's from the Reliance motion picture Transatlantic Merry Go Round, starring Gene Raymond, Jack Benny, Nancy Carroll, and Frank Parker. Victor 24745 was recorded October 5th, 1934. And as in the first line of the chorus, if I had a million dollars, I know just what I would do. Next, it was Ben Burney and all the lads with Make Believe. The vocalist on that January 27th, 1928, Brunswick 78, number 3808, was Scrappy Lambert. Make Believe was written by Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein for, according to the label, The Showboat. The original Broadway production spanned three years, opening on December 27, 1927, and wrapping up its 572nd performance on May 4, 1929. We finished up with Fats Waller and his rhythm, and a rather raucous rendition of Marie, written by Irving Berlin. That's from a Victor Test pressing made March 11, 1938. So, what do those three records have in common? Well, as you're listening to this show, Rita and I are at a concert in San Diego by duo pianists Paolo Alderighi and Stephanie Trick. We've enjoyed them for years as performers at the annual West Coast Ragtime Festival and were thrilled to see they would be here in Southern California. But that still doesn't tell you about the common thread in those records. Well, all three of those tunes, and nine others are on Paolo and Stephanie's latest CD titled Broadway and More, their first recording on two pianos. It's available on cdbaby.com, and you can find out all about them, their appearances, and this and their other CDs at their website, paoloandstephanie.com. Well, if I hurry, I can squeeze in one more Nightingale song. That's Why I Love You, sung by Ray Stilwell from OK-40679, recorded in September of 1926. It was written by Walter Donaldson and Paul Ash, but what does that have to do with Nightingales? Well, the band is credited as the Gotham Nightingales. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.